Chapter number thirty two of The Law and the Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wiebke Müller. The Law and the Lady by Wilkie Collins. Chapter thirty two. A Specimen of My Wisdom. The scene must follow my erratic movements. The scene must close on London for a while and open in Edinburgh. Two days had passed since Major Fitzdavid's dinner-party. I was able to breathe again freely, after the utter destruction of all my plans for the future, and of all the hopes that I had founded on them. I could now see that I had been trebly in the wrong. Wrong in hastily and cruelly suspecting an innocent woman, wrong in communicating my suspicions, without an attempt to verify them previously to another person, wrong in accepting the flighty interferences and conclusions of Miserrimus Dexter as if they had been solid truths. I was so ashamed of my folly when I thought of the past, so completely discouraged, so rudely shaken in my confidence in myself when I thought of the future, that for once in a way I accepted sensible advice when it was offered to me my dear said good old benjamin after we had thoroughly talked over my discomfiture on our return from the dinner-party judging by what you tell me of him i don't fancy mr dexter promise me that you will not go back to him until you have first consulted some person who is fitter to guide you through this dangerous business than i am i gave him my promise on one condition if i fail to find the person i said will you undertake to help me Benjamin pledged himself to help me, cheerfully. The next morning, when I was brushing my hair and thinking over my affairs, I called to mind a forgotten resolution of mine at the time I first read the report of my husband's trial. I mean the resolution, if Miserrimus Dexter failed me, to apply to one of the two agents, or solicitors, as we should term them, who had prepared Eustace's defence, namely Mr. Playmore. This gentleman, it may be remembered, had especially recommended himself to my confidence by his friendly interference when the sheriff's officers were in search of my husband's papers. Referring back to the evidence of Isaiah Schoolcraft, I found that Mr. Playmore had been called in to assist and advise Eustace by Miserrimus Dexter. He was therefore not only a friend on whom I might rely, but a friend who was personally acquainted with Dexter as well. Could there be a fitter man to apply to for enlightenment in the darkness that had now gathered around me? Benjamin, when I put the question to him, acknowledged that I had made a sensible choice on this occasion, and at once exerted himself to help me. He discovered through his own lawyer the address of Mr. Playmore's London agents, and from these gentlemen he obtained for me a letter of introduction to Mr. Playmore himself. I had nothing to conceal from my new adviser, and I was properly described in the letter as Eustace MacAllan's second wife. The same evening we two set forth, Benjamin refused to let me travel alone by the night mail for Edinburgh. I had previously written to Miserrimus Dexter by my old friend's advice, merely saying that I had been unexpectedly called away from London for a few days, and that I would report to him the result of my interview with Lady Corvinda on my return. A characteristic answer was brought back to the cottage by Ariel. Mrs. Valeria, I happen to be a man of quick perceptions, and I can read the unwritten part of your letter. Lady Clorinda has shaken your confidence in me. Very good. I pledge myself to shake your confidence in Lady Clorinda. In the meantime, I am not offended. In serene composure, I await the honour and the happiness of your visit. 
send me word by telegraph whether you would like truffles again or whether you would prefer something simpler and lighter say that incomparable french dish pigs eyelids and tamarinds believe me always your ally and admirer your poet and cook dexter arrived in edinburgh benjamin and i had a little discussion the question in dispute between us was whether i should go with him or go alone to mr playmore i was all for going alone my experience of the world is not a very large one i said but i have observed that in nine cases out of ten a man will make concessions to a woman if she approaches him by herself which he would hesitate even to consider if another man was within hearing i don't know how it is i only know that it is so if i find that i get on badly with mr playmore i will ask him for a second appointment and in that case you shall accompany me don't think me self-willed let me try my luck alone and let us see what comes of it benjamin yielded with his customary consideration for me i sent my letter of introduction to mr playmore's office his private house being in the neighbourhood of gleninch my messenger brought back a polite answer inviting me to visit him at an early hour in the afternoon at the appointed time to the moment i rang the bell at the office door End of chapter thirty two